Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. Well, when the initial lockdown commenced in March last, the following weeks presented both the greatest existential threats and for some, the most significant opportunities. My first guest this morning is Paul Duggan, the co-author of Tenets of Adaption, Stories of Business Change in Phase 1 of the Pandemic. In June and July last, across Ireland and the UK, Paul and his co-author, Rebecca, conducted 24 in-depth interviews with companies that decided to take control of their future to excel rather than stand still. Paul, as part of your research, you identified 11 tenets of adaption that were common amongst these companies. Start with the Arena Group, because anxiety was their ultimate call to action. Arena is the second largest provider of outdoor structures for mass gatherings. So events like Wimbledon or the Ryder Cup, MotoGP races and the like. Obviously, all of those events were very quickly canned and Arena essentially found itself looking into a very, very bleak future. And rather than freeze in fear, they decided to act and they decided to take steps to make sure that they had the cash resources to endure a famine. They decided to rapidly look for alternate uses for the assets that they had, rather than others in similar situations who basically sat back and said, we'll just wait and see, we'll see if there's support coming from the government. Uh, Arena actively decided to take control of the future. Well, Trinity London's tenant is race fit. So how were they so well prepared? Well, Really, one of the things, again, that we found consistently was that the hard work had been done well in advance. The training had been done, the preparation had been done, so that when the crisis came, even though the training or preparation might have been for something else, they were able to reach into the toolbox, as it were, and they were able to you know, move confidently, they were ready to move, they had the resources available to them to move. And Trini was a good example there where um, they had, it's basically a makeup business based in London. They had a direct sales model, but they had already laid the groundwork for an online sales model. They had been working on that and were about to launch it. But when the pandemic came, it basically, you know, anxiety, going back to the first tenant, trigger to action, what action could we take? We're going to convert our business pretty much overnight to an, on, overnight to an online business. And of course, the Wolfpack was established in Icon. How exactly did that work? Indeed. And again, this was consistent with other businesses where very quickly a small group, relatively small group of people formed to take control of the situation. Very often your membership of that group was not driven exclusively by your position in the hierarchy. It was driven by the skills that you could bring to the challenge. And again, this was very evident in ICON where the vast majority of their staff are field-based. And obviously, in, as ICON have activities in 80 countries throughout the world, and they're involved in the clinical trials business. As soon as lockdowns started happening in various parts of the world, they suddenly found that the collaborators that work with uh, participants in clinical trials and the clinicians were no longer able to meet face-to-face. 
and you know there was a need very quickly to figure out how clinical trials could advance, particularly in the context of a pandemic, finding a different way of working. And again, there was a small group of people within ICON who made all the early important decisions and basically led the change. And as I said earlier, that wasn't necessarily reflective. The participants weren't necessarily reflective of the position in the organisational status. And global shares were astute enough to realise their people were instrumental to navigating them through the pandemic. So how did they put their people first? Yep. Um, the, uh, I suppose the basic principle that we found, again, across pretty well everyone we spoke to, and Global Share is a very good example of that, was there was an understanding within the business that if you look after the people, then they will be able to look after the business. And really a simple concept, but sometimes it's a concept that's forgotten. And, you know, Global Shares is a business based in Clonakilty in West Cork, employs about 400 people. They're involved in providing management services to large international corporations who offer incentive programs through share ownership. And they very quickly found themselves in a situation where they couldn't work from the office in Clonakilty. More or less over the course of a weekend, all staff ended up working from home. And I suppose the importance of culture within that business is actually an employee-owned business was such that they had to work really hard to try to preserve that sense of belonging, that sense of teamwork, that sense of informal interaction that takes place when a group of people come to a traditional workplace. And there was a huge amount of effort invested in, in, in making sure that the people felt included and part of the team informed and completely up to date with what was happening. A regular contributor to this show, Blaise Brosnan, often talks about the importance of clarity of purpose. And it's clear that Boojum was singing from the same hymn sheet. Well, Boojum, some of your listeners may be aware, is a chain of burrito bars. They were about to embark on an expansion in the UK. And the plan was replicate what they'd done with Ireland, which was basically open up new stores. So they had a very clear sense of purpose in the first quarter of last year. And the lockdown comes, and those plans are no longer viable. So they had to kind of throw away the old plan, and they had to come up with a new plan. The first step in that was a click-and-collect service. And the second element was that they began to realize that they could actually start selling meal kits for home preparation. And they've actually now discovered a new kind of vein of opportunity which they would never have considered and that's become central to their plans for growth on an ongoing basis. The chief executive there, I saw an interview with them in the last month or six weeks where he was saying we never thought six months ago that we would enter the UK market selling meal kits and there's a really clear purpose around that objective now. And long-established conventional wisdoms were bulldozed away during the pandemic and suddenly the impossible became possible in companies like Tecro. Yeah, Tecro is, is a, a software company based in Limerick and the founders of Tecro, they're actually on their second time around. They already established a software business which they sold and based on the learning from the first business, they actually had come to the conclusion that the work environment was going to be of fundamental importance 
in what is essentially a creative business, uh, writing software. Uh, they had come to the conclusion that they wanted to create a work environment that basically eliminated silos within the businesses and maximized what they called the collisions between staff so that when you come into work, you might today you might be sitting beside the chief executive, tomorrow you might be sitting with somebody from an accounts team, tomorrow you might be si- sitting beside somebody testing software, writing software, and so on. Again, when the lockdown came, the staff suddenly, this, this kind of collisions were no longer possible because everybody was working at home. And TechRow have been particularly imaginative in the techniques that they've used to try to continue to stimulate these collisions, even in an environment where their staff are working remotely. You know, one example which, which uh, they tell me has been quite successful, but given my age, I suppose, I, I shudder a little bit about, is whereby staff members, there's an algorithm that recommends who you're going to have your coffee break with this morning. And the whole objective there is to create that, that culture, you know, even though the people aren't meeting each other every day. Well, real time was the only time during the lockdown periods where companies had to put their short and medium term plans into gear. Motorpoint was one such UK company that took swift action in that regard. Yeah, Motorpoint are a chain of car dealerships in the UK that specialised in nearly new product. They, they steer away from selling brand new cars. And they had been considering different ways of working for probably the better part of 18 months, 24 months. And they had been considering what, has, what was eventually, what was launched very quickly as a home delivery service. So that rather than coming to the dealership, the dealership comes to you. And again, faced with the lockdown, actually faced with the situation where public transport was difficult to use for people who had become accustomed to use, using public transport, they kind of made the decision just overnight, we're going ahead with our home delivery service. They were the first people to do it in the UK, and it has been extremely successful for them. And again, I suppose the real time is the only time they found themselves in a position where they couldn't sit around and think about it or plan. They took the view, if we get started now, it might be perfect, but we will actually evolve and develop it. And companies that had a diverse client base were probably best shielded against the effects and impacts of the pandemic. Yo Valley was one such example. Yeah, well, Yo Valley is, is a major... Uh, ethical dairy company in the UK, big producer of uh, kind of premium yogurts. And what they actually found was that their, their trade with food service obviously disappeared really quickly. But because they already had a significant trade with retail, that compensated quite significantly for them. Now, there was a significant increase in volumes in the business as a result, and they ended up trading, they ended up achieving substantial growth, notwithstanding the reality that some of the markets that they served had slipped into a fairly serious decline. And that wouldn't have been possible if they didn't have a diverse customer base to start out with in the first place. And companies operating in the healthcare space were some of the best placed to weather the pandemic. That matched with a positive attitude was a winning combination for UDG Healthcare. Yeah, the chief executive there is a man called Brandon McAtamy, and one of the things 
that UDG Healthcare provides services to pharmaceutical companies. If you need a sales team to deliver a boost to a product, if you need marketing services, if you need promotional services, UDG Healthcare will, will, will provide that for you. And one of the things that was really striking and kind of nearly oozes out of Brendan is that his starting point on almost everything is the answer is yes. Mightn't be absolutely sure how we're going to do it for you. Mightn't be absolutely sure how much it's going to cost. But we're going to do it and we're going to figure out how to do it for you. The COVID certainly put technology centre stage even for what would be considered more traditional businesses. Glenfit was one such business that didn't waste any time in putting the technology parts in place. Yeah, Genfit is a business based in Kilchimark and County Mayo. And Genfit sells fair parts for agricultural machinery into the farming sector. A very traditional sector that sells through you know, machinery dealers and co-ops. And Genfit had been slogging away for years with an online ordering system and was not really getting substantial traction in terms of the usage of, of the system. Roughly 5 or 6% of their orders were being captured through the online ordering system. Within a space of two weeks last April, that went jumped to about 20%. And subsequently, the company, because they couldn't get in front of their customers, has started to develop, for example, a mobile app, which a customer can actually use to generate the order in their own store and send it digitally into the company. The pandemic forced absolutely accelerated the adoption of that technology. Our final tenet from Momentum Supports focuses on embedding their wins that were achieved during the pandemic. But how did Momentum Supports ensure that they didn't go back to the old ways of doing things? Most of the businesses we spoke to have succeeded in effecting some transformational change within their businesses. And the biggest challenge now is how do you hold on to that and how do you resist the gravitational pull, as it were, back to the way things used to be, which ultimately is what people want and are are most comfortable with. And that's been a key uh, challenge within Momentum. Momentum is essentially a very large cleaning firm. And they would have seen during the pandemic significant changes in the way that they have to interact with their customers. They would have seen significant changes in the demands of the services of the customers that they are serving. And they have embarked on, I suppose you'd call it a a training program to try and reprogram the staff so that there minimizes the risk of actually uh, drifting back to the way things were. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Paul Duggan from Atro Insights. And I'd like to thank Paul for sharing the 11 tenets of adaption with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.